that you have just been invaded by. Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to episode 4 of Slope's Cast, recorded on November 27th, 2020. On today's show, we'll be chatting about the return of the BitTrip series coming to Switch, Capcom's new mini arcade unit, Mortal Kombat 11's awesome new movie skins, our thoughts on the PlayStation 5, why the 31st of March 2021 is becoming the death of Mario, and that Sega VR is once again a reality. And on today's episode, we'll be joined by the creator of the Top Hat Gaming Man himself, Richard. From PlayStation Country, it's Grizzly Cryden. We have the podcast regular Mike Towns returning. And we also have Retro to Next Gen himself, aka Lou. And finally, the incredible ear drizzling voice that is the Mogminer. If you like the podcast and want to be in for a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any interesting gaming topics you want us to cover, then please do let us know in the dedicated room on Slopes Game Room's Discord. Links to all of these can be found in the show notes or description below. But for now, let's get on with the show. Also, before going ahead, uh, quick apologies to everyone listening. I didn't realise until the end of recording this entire thing that it was all going through my webcam microphone. I promise it will be all sorted next time. So, uh, yeah, should we get into our six topics of conversation? We're going to start with what I think is a good one. We'll start with what I think is a good one. Very, very recently, we have yet again got another um, uh, remaster coming. Is it really a remaster? I suppose it's just a port of BitTrip Beat, BitTrip Core, BitTrip Void, BitTrip Runner, BitTrip... Uh, obviously, I haven't spelled that correctly. Fight and BitTrip Flux. And they're all releasing on the Switch. Shout out to John B in my Discord for giving us this particular topic. What do we think about this? Uh, anyone here played the BitTrip games? Yeah. I have. You, you, you're a fan, Topper? Um, to be honest, I've only played BitTrip Runner and um, BitTrip Runner 2 a yep. lot. Yep. But I've heard on the Grapevine that that's the only one, they're the only games worth playing in the series. So that's the only ones I've bothered to try. Right, okay. Uh, got anything to add to that, Grizzly? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just the BitTrip Runner kind of guy. Um, but everything else, yeah. I, I, I like rhythm action games in general, and it's got a bit of that to it. But um, for me, I don't know. Um, I, I find the lo-fi retro thing, uh, not, uh, it's not awful. It's inoffensive enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really know how many more times I can do it, because I've got Runner 3 for my Switch. Uh, I think I missed out on Runner 2, but then I've got, I had I played the original Runner on the, I think it was originally a WiiWare game, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know they released a, co- a collection of them as well uh, for the Nintendo Wii. And sadly, currently, the only thing they've got going on with this is the fact that they're going to be released as uh, £4.49. I don't know what that would relate to other places in the world, but £4.49 downloadable titles each. Mm, I really want them as a, a physical collection. That's really what I want with this sort of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing everyone is the same. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They usually do that anyway. They had, they had the BitTrip Saga on 3DS. I'm sure that'll be on the cards at some point. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, 
I suppose it's a bit like Shovel Knight at this time. Like, how many more times can they release that game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, as good as it is, like, don't be wrong, it. Shovel Knight is a good game, but come on, really? Shovel Knight again? <laughs> um, I mean, I really like the games, but, um, and I will say BitTrip uh, Beat and BitTrip, I want to say Void. I think Void was the one where it was like a, you, you can go up, down, left, and right. With the, it was all done with the, the directional pad, um, were the ones I played more than runner originally actually the one you can see playing on the screen or podcasters you have to imagine this um a bit like a breakout sort of game was bit trip beat uh and yeah I, I had a lot of fun with it um i think it's good but do we need this to be remastered and put on again not really <laughs> <laughs> you're, not gonna, you're not gonna be buying this one top I don't personally think we need remasters of anything if you've already got it all there to play in the first place. But that's just my opinion. That's fighting talk right there. I mean, to be fair, as long as people are continuing to buy it, I see no real harm. Mm -hmm. It's probably written in C++ or some other high-level language. It's probably on some sort of engine that they've written for all these bit trip whatever games. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably a pretty trivial matter to just port it over the Switch in, I don't know, a few weeks, a month or two. Probably yeah. by a small, very small team. So, you know, it, if they can do it and make money off of it, they wouldn't do it if it weren't profitable. So, absolutely, absolutely. Am I right in saying I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the BitTrip Beat footage? Wasn't it done with a um, like motion controls in mind as well? Yeah, that sounds about right. Actually, being a WiiWare title, um, yeah. they they tend to try and put things like that into there, but also keep the retro controls. For the people who you know like to be able to control the game um <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much that yeah i mean i i, I really like the game they do it physically because i love collecting things for the switch i know you're in a different boat on that but i like getting everything that i've already got again on the switch and um i i think i would genuinely buy this i think i would genuinely buy it. i uh yeah, I do like the game. I guess, I guess when it comes to Switch ports, they're useful in the sense that they often make games portable. But mm -hmm. obviously, the BitTrip games are already available on the 3DS, so I've already got them portable, so therefore it doesn't serve an extra function having it again on the Switch. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Fair enough. It does but, save you having to carry your Switch and 3DS at the same time. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can buy it on the... Uh, there was a Wii version as well, um, a collection. Uh, I think the one that's on now is actually Bit Trip Void, but uh, yeah, there you go, there you go. Do we? Uh, when when is too much with these 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 remasters and these these ports? Uh, I guess when, when, the buying them. when the consumer says they've had enough of them, and obviously that doesn't seem to be the case, so people are still snapping them up. Again, uh, if you see this come out in a physical copy, of like limited run game, something like that, if the demand's there. They're just going to keep on doing them. That's true. Stopping. My, I think one of my most expensive games I got from Limited Run was the Luminez collection, and that's like a, that's like on everything, isn't it? Since it was on the PSP, they released that on everything. Every hand. It's kind of like this play with it. It's kind of like this with a set like the music's one of the best parts though. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it comes with a big vinyl. I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it also comes down to the fact that they can like. How hard is it to port this game from the from everything that you can already port it to from the Wii to the 3DS to I'm sure it's on other things as well um, to the actual uh, Switch? It's probably so little work. It really doesn't matter how many people download it. Like you're gonna That's make good. a profit. That's exactly. the thing. Reminds me of a 
Keep going. So, uh, these, these games are probably like top tier, mo you know, mobile titles. I think they really, they should be up there if they're not already. Because they, they I'm, w I'm watching the footage here of like the Bitrick beat and whatever this missile kind of command type thing is. And, you know, this would probably be quite, be quite fun for five minutes on the bus. But... <laughs> <laughs> they are crazy addictive. It, it's a five minute game and then you spend nights playing it getting really good at it. I mean, that, 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 that's how I take it anyway. be honest, I mean, I'm sorely tempted to actually get every single one of the games in the collection for my Switch, simply by virtue of the fact that even though I have them on Steam, I've literally, I, you know, complete honesty, I have never actually played any of the games, but looking at the footage now, I really want to play them, but I really want to play them on the Switch. They don't strike me as the kind of thing that I'm necessarily going to want up on a big screen TV. Yeah, like a PS4 or something, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have to go through, you know, downloading it on my already limited disk space. I just want to put it onto my Switch, bring it with me to friends' places and stuff like that when I can again, and bring it with me to work on the train when I can again and all that. Mm -hmm. no, that seems to be the allure with a lot of these uh, uh, titles for the Switch. Um, even though you might not want it on your PS4 or your PS5, on the Switch, it's a perfect uh, platform for, for this type of game. Like you said, it was on the 3DS. That's the allure. Uh, uh, obviously, the sales numbers, uh, I would be indicative of that. Uh, sure, it wouldn't sell as well on the PS4 as it did on the 3DS. So this type of game is like, built for, for that platform. So, yeah. Seems like. And I think that's what the Switch has got going for it, isn't it? You know, it's both, isn't it, in that sense? And I, it happened to me recently. Like Sega asked me, um, what version of Puyo Puyo Tetris did I want? Um and I, I just got the PlayStation 5, and I was like, PlayStation 5! And I'm like, you know what? I think P.O.P. Tetris 2 is definitely going to be better on the Switch. Um, <laughs> I think I might have to change that, actually. But uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea uh, that, that this is coming out again. But uh, has anyone got any... And I, I, I absolutely adore the original games. It's been a long time since I've played them, the ones that are not the runner, the main runner series. So for me, it's an exciting thing. I just hope that eventually some limited run company get it and then overcharge it overcharge for it with a stupid amount of booklets <laughs> and god knows whatever else because i will buy it because i am that sort of gamer um, and they won't ship out for three months oh yeah for sure <laughs> i'm still waiting on my bloody streets of rage 4 that's been what uh that's seven months now yeah it's insane yeah, it's, it's insane but that's that's a that's a story for another time perhaps i, I remember um, it's not a story for another time because I'm continuing talking about it. But I remember when um, GameSack um, actually put up a, uh, a tweet saying, man, that Streets of the Rage 4 looks good. I'll look forward to playing that in whatever month when I get it on physical. Um, and if that is the case, you still have not played Streets of Rage 4. And that's what, maybe a year old now? Almost? That's hardcore. Yeah, yeah. close. It's already in the Steam sale. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's really sad. That, that I, I think with that sort of thing, there should be definitely some kind of way where they can like give out the code, like initially, because you, you need to be able to. It, I don't think anyone's going to be too upset about downloading the code if they know they got the physical on the way. I think most people keep them sealed a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, they can, probably. I can't. I mean, that's one thing that um, IndieBox did that quite well. They give you a code, and then there's a disc in the box or a USB yeah. stick. And, that's the right way to do it, if you ask me. But that's um, um, uh, what is it? That's uh, they're, they're PC games, aren't they? 
Yeah. So most of the time you're just downloading them anyway. Yeah. True, but I mean, even for like for PC games, as far as I know, all of the major platforms now have some form of download code. And just speaking for myself at the uh, studio where I work, we literally have just this Excel spreadsheet with tons of Steam codes and PS4 codes for every game that we've made. You know, we could just, you know, if if somebody happens to have a need for a code rather than a physical copy of the game, mm-hmm. you know, the, the maker of the game absolutely can just gin up a code and send it to you. There's nothing actually stopping them from doing that. Yeah. I suppose it probably costs them, I assume? Uh, not, not to my knowledge, actually. Uh, <laughs> really? I, 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 could I be imagine wrong. it would cost you if it was like on a Nintendo system or something rather than like Steam. I, I think it does on Steam too. Yeah, that's why yeah. there was a big thing with G2A, like keys getting stolen and devs being like, what the hell? I just lost like 10k. It's a bit open to abuse as well. I mean, you get the resellers, they buy a game on limited run, they get the code for it, and then they sell their physical copy for a, a massive markup. They suddenly got a free game and some cash in their pocket. So it's, yeah, it's a problem. Well, there you go, there you go. But um, yeah, BitTrip looks good, and I'm excited for it. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Okay, moving over to uh, topic number two. Um, I don't know if anybody has seen this yet, but I'll put it up on the screen for everybody. Capcom, uh, just when you think, you know, the the, the mini consoles and computers are going to be going away, they've had their day, that's just simply not the case, because Capcom are here with the Retro Station. This is a new, uh, one of those mini handhelds, I suppose similar to the Sega arcade one that's coming out. But this has, uh, I say 10 games. You guys be the judge of this when I tell you what 10 games are on this new mini system. Mega Man The Power Battle, Mega Man 2 The Power <laughs> of Fighters, Mega Man X, Mega Man Soccer, Mega Man and Bass, or Base, um, uh, Japanese console version. Then you've got, so they're the first five. Then you've got Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. So in my opinion, I think there's about four games in there rather than ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heavens. Um, yeah. So let's, 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 let's talk about the... The, the, these these little mini retro console things. Are we sick of them yet, or are we still... I was sick of them to begin like with. So who said I they're mean, sick of them to begin with? Me. Uh, Not mainly for the fact... Because I, I see a couple of you in the chat. Bobby Tribble, I see you. Electron Ash, I see you. So there are a couple of, uh, you know, MAME adjunct people in the chat right now. And they'll probably get where I'm coming from here which is that for accurate emulation, you need at least some modicum of CPU power. And the sort of crap ARM-based boards that they're putting into these things, <laughs> yeah. pretty much pretty much the lot of them, every single one is based off of some just cheap ARM-based system on a chip with the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel emulator ported to it. I mean, in this case, they are literally just emulating the CPS-1, CPS-2, and the Super Nintendo. And from my perspective, none of the games are things that push the hardware particularly hard. They're nothing that relies on any kind of edge cases in the hardware. So sure, if they're actually making their own emulators for these systems, then they could probably pull it off pretty well. But they're not. And at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to reflash it with some 
high-powered modern emulator. You're going to have to cut corners and you're not going to get an authentic quote-unquote arcade experience for games that you happen to manage to hack in there. Mm -hmm. So for the games that they're shipping on there, it'll probably be pretty all right. But let's not pretend that this is going to be the (laughs) nirvana of retro gaming, even when it does get hacked. See... I've got a counter-argument, but at the same time, I agree. But I'll get to that in a moment. Let's ask someone else. Um, retro to Next Gen, what's your thoughts on the whole retro mini console craze, which it seemed to be over, but definitely isn't? Well, with this particular release, I'm looking at the lineup and I'm going, all right, you got Mega Man, the Power Battle, and uh, Mega Man 2, the Power Fighters. Those were both arcade games that were ported in 2004 to the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for you know, PlayStation 2, Xbox. So they have had Northern releases and they uh, North American releases. They have European releases, home console version. Same thing with Mega Man Soccer. That was an SNES title. But basically what you're getting here is not worth $210. That's my opinion. I mean, at that price point, you know, you're, you're better off saving uh, for a current gen console and, you know, just go ahead and, and then getting the games on, on those systems. I not really thrilled for this particular uh model uh sure. again the price point the price point doesn't make sense uh the games you can find cheap enough especially these mega man games you can get on you know compilation discs and street fighter is literally everywhere yeah so yeah. unless you have unless you have a real uh, you know affection for these particular titles yeah forget it skip it you'd be better off you know looking forward to maybe i don't know some people want an n64 mini something like that but this is very niche i mean you're talking to particular you know uh name brands here in mega man street fighter yeah that's that's a pass for me i mean overall uh no i mean you know i enjoyed the turbo graphics 16 mini and i enjoyed uh you know the pc engine mini i thought those were great uh but again they had more than two different franchises on you know so it depends on uh, your love uh, for the properties, and if you're willing to pay, spend two hundred twenty dollars on this particular piece of hardware. Uh, for me, it's a pass, but for others, it might not be. Yeah, it's so. My problem with this sort of thing is, like, it's the same way everyone hated on the at games Sega stuff when the people that were hating on it um, were like hardcore Sega fans. Like, it's not for us; it's for that dad that sometimes remembers oh i remember playing on streets of rage when i was a kid and that this is the first time he's picked it up since then um it's made to be a 20 30 quid crappy thing that you can buy oh gosh you get a christmas day and you play probably twice before you sell it on facebook marketplace um so i never had the biggest issue with them and when you play it yourself as a sega fan you're like my god this is awful but then when you start to um when when people like uh, Nintendo come along and up the game, especially with their NES and the SNES, and then obviously Sega had to try and combat with that with the um, uh, the Mega Drive Mini, uh, it it was it was it was obviously not perfect. You know, like it wasn't. You could de- as as a hardcore fan, you could definitely see the difference of putting in a cartridge and playing one of those things. But it was good enough to be very good. Um, for pleasing those sort of people and a little bit more. Now this, I find, it's just gone another step, and it, it's it surely can only be for the collector because I honestly don't know whoever who's ever going to buy this and then 
use this as their way to play um, Mega Man and Street Fighter 2 games, uh, uh, versions at all. I just don't see anyone that's ever going to do that because they seem to have pushed themselves away from that, that cheap get it for Christmas, play it twice market. And they're aiming for a crowd that would already have these games, like you say, on so many different compilations. And those people know it's better to be played on those compilations um, if you obviously can't get the original hardware, which is obviously in this case an incredibly hard thing to do. But still, and it's like, it's put itself into such a, a, a niche where I think the only real people that would buy it are collectors and not people that want to play the games. So it's really, really pushed down on that uh, that, that niche. And I, I'm not going to get it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to get it. I, I could I could see myself getting things like the PC Engine Mini and obviously the Mega Drive Mini and the Super Nintendo Mini because it's a nice way of just quickly picking up 50 games and, you know, I could take it around and play with a few people. But this is just, it's it's too niche for me. Um, uh, I think it would be the same even if it was something that I, I mean I haven't got the biggest amount of affection for Mega Man and Street Fighter games anyway but even if it was a series that I liked I still don't think I'd get it um, if it was just like you know <laughs> I was going to yeah. say street, Streets of Rage but then at the same time I'm thinking I probably would buy it actually <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah. As, um, as you're probably aware Dan mm -hmm. um, street, Fire, street Fighter and Mega Man are two of my favourite franchises of all time. Yep. Respect. However, that device <laughs> does not look suitable for either. Because obviously, Mega Man X is a game you want to play with a Super Nintendo control pad. And Street Fighter 2 is a game you'd enjoy with friends. And if you're going to play it with um, an arcade pad, you need, you're going to need two, aren't you? Not one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do see a little notch on the side of it. I'm thinking maybe you can connect two up. I, I mean, I so don't you're, know. You're 400 quid for the experience then. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then how do you plug in two HDMIs into a telly? I suppose one of them, only one of them would need to. But uh, it is. Unless you can put just plug a normal controller into it. It's a very, very odd. I, I would wager... I would wager that that little ports, that covered up ports, mm -hmm. is a molding thing so that when they release the second version of this, because they will, they're Capcom, um, <laughs> they will have a USB port on there for just exactly that controller thing. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about the gift purchasing thing. And this is clearly made for Mega Man fans. And I don't think I've known anyone who's got nostalgia for Mega Man power battles. Um, <laughs> I, let alone anyone, let alone most of the people in the chat um, who's even heard of that game. So, yeah, it's it's a tough sell. And really, what I think this this mini console thing is moving towards is really they should have a platform similar to the Evercade, where you have like a digital retro gaming console. I mean, Capcom's got such a library; they could have easily. Yeah. Um, released a system where you can buy more downloadable games for that home arcade stick mm -hmm. it would have made that price worth it but i don't know they i seem, mean it, this they, isn't too far off the price of the arcade stick is it i mean i know there's a little uh, an eight inch lcd in it. um i think it's lcd uh but yeah it's an eight inch screen yeah. in it, which isn't bad but i'm never going to want to play those games on that little screen you know what i mean if it was actually in a handheld form i'd be more tempted but they've tried to go for like a gimmicky look uh, it would look nice on your shelf, I, if you're a fan. But it's the sort of thing I'd see over a friend's house or a hardcore collector's and go, oh, that looks all right. I'd pick it up, have a little look around. It probably wouldn't even turn it on. And then put it neatly, neatly back on the shelf um, with the only marks on it being my, my fingerprints that took off the dust from the last person that picked it up. 
Because um, I don't see anyone that's going to ever want to actually use it. Well, I do see a tangible use for the, for the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo Minis and the PC Engine Minis, because I think they're sort of reasonably priced for what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you inadvertently hit on a really good point here, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to... S- feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, sure. but I wasn't able to actually see in the article whether or not you can remove the screen if it's detachable or something like that. Because just thinking about the ergonomics of it gives me hives. I mean, first of all, if you want to actually, if you actually want to play it on that little tiny screen, imagine getting your hands all like bunched together and yeah. just, you know, hunching over it like some sort of, uh, you know, is that screen going to tilt like back? Like, I doubt it. Yeah. It does look like it could. And then, second of all, if you actually decide to use the HDMI functionality. It's not like you, it doesn't have a port for a controller. So you can't just set it down, plug in a controller, plug it into your TV and go. You actually literally have to make table space to put this thing, have an HDMI cable running from the back of it across your living room to your TV while it's sat there on your coffee table. And just hard pass for me. Yeah, I, I think I think they're, they're hitting too hard with that <clears throat> with that niche now. You go into like game or probably GameStop in other parts of the world, and you see those little tiny, uh, like, 25-pound mini arcade machines that are technically the same thing as this, but obviously obviously not going to be as good as this, but I think they're going to serve the same purpose. (laughs) I'd rather buy one of them than this, and I wouldn't want to play one of them either. Um, I mean, just from a functional standpoint, I mean, I don't know how everybody else plays Street Fighter 2, but... This thing doesn't look like you could take much of a pounding. I mean, when I'm playing Street Fighter 2, you know, and I'm hitting high kick, low kick, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm pounding on the buttons here, this thing looks like it would fall apart in about 10, 20 seconds. I mean, it just doesn't, I don't think it would serve a, a purpose for hardcore Street Fighter fans and or Mega Man fans. These are fighting games. You're not going to gently tap the button here. I mean, you're going at it. I just don't see, again, as, as it being a functional piece, it just doesn't seem to work uh, just by glancing at it. Again, I could be completely wrong here, but just by just by looking at the pictures and just I don't know, this would have to I mean, I'm looking at the weight of it and it'd be sliding all over your table. I mean, you would try to sit here and try to control it and this thing sliding to the left and sliding to the right. And you're like, I'm just trying to use Blanca. Will somebody please, you know, somebody <laughs> nail this thing down? You know, it's a so it just doesn't seem to have the functionality that you would want to uh, just just trying to play it. it. So, yeah, that that seems that would be a huge backfire for me. But, you know, to each his own. I mean, you're completely you're completely right in terms of the uh, control scheme on Street Fighter 2. Just a fun little arcade fact: the original release of Street Fighter in Japan purportedly had pneumatic pressure sensitive buttons, and they it ended did, up yeah yeah, and they ended up ditching that for the worldwide and U.S. releases specifically because they had such an incredibly short lifespan due to people bashing the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I imagine like the a... build quality is actually going to be all right going by that Capcom stick thing they made before. I don't have one, but from what I see in like YouTube videos and stuff, like Mad Little Pixel and a few people that have like looked at it, they they, they seem to have given it like uh, pretty good reviews. So I'm guessing the build quality is fine, but it's still it's, it's going to be tiny for that little thing, you know. I mean, look at like the quarter arcades. The quarter arcades are cheaper than this, and for people that don't know, this is apparently 160-ish pound um, system, so about 210 dollars roughly. Um, they're, they're like almost half the price and you've got a quarter arcade machine and they generally do feel quite nice and they look good and you generally would play them and this is just, it's, it's weird. 
Uh, I think they're going too far down there with that niche. I don't know if anyone else has got anything to add to this, but um, it strange. seems like the kind of thing they're throwing out to try and like get near financial year and try and make some cash back. You're probably yeah. not too far wrong with that, to be fair. Yeah. It's the only way they're making money out of Mega Man, that's for sure. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, that's the end of that. Moving over to topic number three: Mortal Kombat. 11. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've brought this up a few times actually, Mortal Kombat 11. Well, it's come back with the ultimate movie skins. So, movie skins from the original Mortal Kombat. Sadly, the theme tune uh, is not in there. They've tried to recreate it a little bit with the trailer, um, give it a bit of a techno 90s vibe uh, or a ravey 90s vibe, should I say. But, um, I mean, this is just so nostalgic for me. I'm not. I'm not very good at these games. I don't even own Mortal Kombat 11. But my God, just seeing those uh, Sonya Blade, um, who else? Yeah, Johnny Cage, and obviously Raiden. Uh, I know they're just skins, but it makes me very happy. Makes me very this happy. is great. This is so good. I love Crystal Lambert. I once heard Mortal Kombat 11 described as it's Smash Brothers, but your dad gets to pick the characters. <laughs> and this, this is just like the next level i love the fact that they've done this and uh the shang sung dlc um, mm-hmm. was based on the movie shang sung like from the start which is just brilliant uh, they 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 nailed it and uh i love what never realm are doing with the latest mortal kombats yeah it's so much fan service it's unreal if i if i was good at these games i'd buy it and i'd be even more excited but just just knowing it's happening, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy what they're doing with it. It's quite amusing then, that they've made a Street Fighter, um, a Mortal Kombat the movie, the game, so many years later. That's technically what they've done, <laughs> haven't they? Yeah. Well, you can do Highlander versus Predator. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> is the, the Terminator in there still? Yeah, Rambo oh, versus Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. God, this is so good. Who else could they even add in there now? Like. I Rambo. saw on your stream earlier today with a Dreamcast that they had Hillary Clinton in the game. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> get Michael Jackson in there. He can do like his... With these moves, I can't lose. That's not Michael Jackson, but... Well, to be fair, the, the voice actor in that game weren't that good either. So. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, has anyone got anything else to add on this except for the fact that it's just fantastic news? Uh, add more. Just add more. Just add the rest of the cast. Add, add the second movie, like Annihilation. Add, That'll be good. Add yeah. the really bad Scorpion. Like, get over here, get down from there, that kind of thing. I want yeah. all that. I, I want to see what... Um, have these all got, like, exclusive, like, fatalities and baby-tality or whatever they're called and all these sort of things? Yeah. Or they got, they actually do have their own exclusive ones? Oh, not not the skins, no. But, oh, then, um, no, no, okay. There are a lot of references to the movie in in the babalities and friendships like uh, i think Jax pulls out a saxophone and does part of the theme song at one point which is quite funny but uh it's the only way they can get the theme in there is if have, they cover it have they got rambo in this they yes, have yeah oh my yep. god i was about to say wouldn't it be good if they got rambo he's already in there it's amazing absolutely all, amazing they actually managed to get sliced alone to do the voice my yeah, god the, arnold good. doesn't do the uh, terminator voice yeah the voice acting for, uh, for the terminator is pretty bad and he says, get over here. And it's like, get over here. No, sadly not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to I hear Arnie Put doing the impression down. of Arnie. Let's get a little ridiculous. 
But uh, yeah, um, I don't know if these are the real voice actors in for this uh, game. <clears throat> but they've, uh, if, if even if it's not, they've they've, they've uh, got people in that have voiced it very nicely. It's uh, it, it suits it very well. And like I say, I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat player, but I I mean I haven't really played them much since the original trilogy on the uh, Mega Drive actually. But um, yeah, nothing but good, nothing but good. So much fan service. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So uh, yeah. yeah. Anyone else got anything to add to Mortal Kombat chat? Just no, like they I... said, bring out the rest of them, take my money, and let's get this thing done with. <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. So moving on to the uh, next topic. So this is going to be a bit polarizing because we've got top hat chat, uh, a top hat gaming man in the chat as well. But oh, no. let's chat about the Ooh. PlayStation Five, which has recently been released. I've got one. It's behind me. Uh, for, for people that can actually see, but uh, yes, I'm enjoying it. I've got four games. I've only played two so far, but um, uh, let, let's go to you, Grizzly, because I know you've got a PlayStation Five. S- tell me the good and the bad. Is there even any bad to do with, uh, with the with the PlayStation Five? Oh yeah, of course it's bad. Of course there's bad parts. There's um, it's the fact it's a new console launch, and there's going to be those early adopter bugs, which we get to enjoy mm-hmm. as we're early adopters. Um, so. Let's let's talk about the good. I'm I'm a big fan of the launch lineup. I think out of the PlayStation history, and this is definitely going to be polarizing. I do think it's the strongest in terms of quality to crap ratio. No Ridge I mean, Racer though. It doesn't have Ridge Racer. No, that is that is a marked shame. But I, <laughs> I don't think say... I don't think the last one did either. I think the, the last I, it was one or two systems ago that they didn't have it. <clears throat> but in terms of like just general critical reception and the quality of like the, the the exclusives and i know some of them are available on ps4 but really you're you're playing them on ps5 when you can um there is a there is a definite like quality ratio going on mm-hmm. um so far i've played uh, about three or four ge- i've played about three or four games uh played pathless warhammer chaos bane but we don't talk about warhammer Hammer chaos bane um you're not a then- fan it's just Warhammer Chaos Bane, man. Okay. Just, well, there's not much else I can say. Um, Bug Snacks, which is amazing. Uh, genuinely amazing. That, yeah. Really big fan of that game. And uh, I've been working through Sackboy. And I've got uh, Spider-Man Mars Morales to follow, which is good. And Astrobot, of course. Can't, can't help but talk about Astrobot. I tell you what, Astrobot blew me away. Like I finished it. I mean, to my minds now. For so for people that don't know, Astrobot is uh, the, the, the character has always been there to like show off whatever the new technology was, you know, or is that you know they used it with the PlayStation VR and done brilliantly with that. Um, it was out there for the PlayStation Three as well. I think that was probably its early earliest release. They did some on the Vita as well, I believe, didn't they? Some Astro stuff on the Vita. Um, yeah. But the PlayStation Five Astro Playroom, like. I couldn't believe... I'm, I'm not going to give spoilers away for people that haven't played it because if you're a fan of Sony, you need to experience the stuff that happens in that game. Um, uh, it, it, so it's really done just to show off what the new controller can do. Um, and I pray that more uh, studios take take use uh, make, make use of the PlayStation 5 DualShock 3 controller, whatever it's called, because the stuff they were doing... But all things I've noticed that Nintendo have done in the past, you know, with the... Yeah, I don't think Nintendo at first with the gyro thing, but you know, obviously you had that with the PlayStation Three, and you had um, uh, uh, you got 3D the, the Rumble. The, oh, the, the HD Rumble, like 
yeah, Nintendo touched on that with the Joy-Cons, but this was better. Everything that this, even like when you're blowing on the controller like you could do back in the day on the DS and stuff like that. So these are all things that like Nintendo and other companies have done, but this has all been refined so nicely into the DualShock 3 and everything about that game, um, all of the hardcore nostalgia is so so good and that final boss i was like gleaming when i found who that found out who that final boss was i was so so happy um again i won't ruin it have you have you got to the final boss grizzly i have yeah oh, we talk, we're talking about a cameo that you just would not expect i, I knew it was coming i heard the footsteps I was like no way they're gonna do that like, oh my god they did so i was very happy but uh, anyway yeah check out uh don't look up a playthrough if you're a fan of PlayStation history and you've played the PlayStation console since PlayStation 1, you'll get a lot of nostalgic kicks out of that. I think it's so good that it actually makes um, Sackboy a bit boring. Like I'm actually quite bored playing Sackboy, and I'm going through it. And I think... So, the thing with Sackboy is I'm getting that same sort of impression of when people when I was playing Breath of the Wild, where everyone was like, oh my god, isn't Breath of the Wild amazing? Like You can go everywhere you want on Breath of the Wild. Look at that. You see that mountain over there? You can climb up it. And I'm like, have you guys ever played an Assassin's Creed game before? Because you can do everything you are, you're talking about in an Assassin's Creed game. And when I picked up Sackboy, I just kept thinking, oh, this is going to be like PlayStation's version of the um, uh, Super Mario 3D World. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I love Super Mario 3D World. But Super Mario 3D World is so freaking good that I just, I'm playing Sackboy. I'm like, I just want to play Super Mario 3D World because this is really boring. It's just not as good. It hasn't got the charm. It hasn't got the the gameplay of that. And I'm, I'm generally quite bored with Sackboy. And they're the only two games I've played. One, which is incredible, that came free with the console. One that I paid 50 quid for, which I think is a bit boring. Um, so there's my yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, views on the PlayStation 5. Has anybody else in the chat got a PlayStation 5 first? Uh, I do not have a PlayStation 5. However, I ended up buying a DualSense controller just to play uh, Steam games with. Oh, wow, okay. Or or, or rather, I'm going to be getting one. Like I have, oh, okay. Yeah. But I have gotten to play around with the uh, DualSense a bit. And one of the things that nobody has touched on here yet is the uh, the actuators in the um, in the triggers. Oh, my God, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the programmatically controllable uh, trigger tension and just the amount of just the amazing sort of things that developers can do in terms of just like, you know, trigger mechanics for gun based games, things like that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, the uh, friend of mine whose controller I did get to take for a spin, um, he was intending to get a PS5. And he had pre-ordered a PS5 at the uh, major electronics retailer here in Sweden called Webholland. And for whatever reason, they just didn't have enough to go around. And so they had to cancel his pre-order, which also meant that they canceled his pre-ordered games for some reason. And uh, so he ended up just going in there to pick up a a PS5 controller. And the... um, (laughs) The, the the guy behind the counter was like, oh, bet you're going to have a lot of uh, fun with that, huh? And he just deadpanned right back. Nope, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, well, I got my <laughs> controller and games like a week before I got the console. Like, I've never known that for a launch before, where they've released the games before the console. It's a really odd thing to do. Yeah, the, the whole staggered thing was just strange to me, but I also get it because I was looking at the, uh, the, the other side of the Xbox Series X, and apparently a lot of people were having trouble even getting on 
to download the initial update. I mean, it took some people two days to get that up and running. Wow. So I can kind of see where Sony was going with it. They just wanted to make sure that servers were up and running. But the, but giving me my copy of Demon's Souls a week before the console is just mean. That it is. is so- why did they do that? <laughs> why didn't they just like? Why didn't the shops just hold on to them for a week? It's really weird. It's They've really been doing weird. that. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Go ahead. Uh, they've been doing that since about the days of the Xbox 360. Did they really release the games before the console with the 360? Yeah, they did the same thing with yes, the Switch. Did. Yeah, I, I, I generally didn't know that. I, I've only ever got them come through the post at the same time. And I've always ordered off Amazon. I, I mean, I've never noticed this before. But yeah, I, I distinctly remember uh, the first studio that I was working at. Somebody somehow managed to get their hands on a retail Xbox 360 before it was actually out. And since the games were already available, we were immediately just flinging the games at them. Try this, try this, show us this. <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. So, the other end of the scale, what do you think of the PlayStation 5 top app? <laughs> I guess, I guess the same with a lot of people. It's just generally um, a case of I don't like buying consoles when they're, they're new out. They don't appeal to me. And that's just um, modern technology in general. Like I'm the sort of bloke who goes into EE every two years and says, I want to renew my contract. I'm not spending more than £27 a month. Give me something. <laughs> Fair enough. I've actually got to renew my contract. I might use that to get an Xbox Series X, even though I don't need to have one of those systems. I, I, I think, I, I, I genuinely think that has surely got to be the worst uh, launch lineup ever, because there isn't one. I'm, I'm, is there a worse launch lineup on a major system release? I mean, oh, I don't know. That that could be a tough one. I mean, Game.com didn't really have the, <laughs> the greatest lineup, did it? Yeah, okay, but it's not exactly a major release. You look for like, the original Segas, your Nintendos, your um, Sony's, and your Xboxes. I don't think there's ever been a worse launch lineup than the Xbox. And I know that's what it's not all about, but I don't understand that. But it's not about having games. Like what, what do you mean it's not about having games? Like that's why you buy a console to play new games, surely. Like you buy a new console to buy a play, to play new games. I don't understand. I think the only exclusive game for the Xbox Series X technically is a basketball game. I don't understand why that thing is selling out. I can give you my pet theory as to why there are so few exclusive games. Uh, if you Go for it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the long and short of it is that while... Microsoft have effectively split the uh, consumer market by marketing the Series S and Series X with wildly different capabilities each. The problem there is that they have also effectively split the development market because they are so significantly different in terms of under-the-hood power that developers are going to be pretty reluctant to target one or target the other, let alone target both, and risk essentially getting, you know... Either they can expend twice the amount of energy to potentially get the full Xbox market share, which is going to take a lot more time because you're essentially having to make it for one and upport it or make it for the other and then strip it back until it works as well as possible. Or they can just target half the market, and that's not really a good business decision for you know how much games cost to make these days, at least the AAA ones. Sure. I mean, I mean it's... Go sorry, go ahead. No, go on, go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's it's clear that Microsoft are going for a completely new strategy, and I think it will work out quite well for them. I mean, the whole subscription model thing kind of makes them into a bit of a Netflix for games, and it, I know it, we've heard that a few times. Yeah, but I, 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 I do understand the future, but how have they not released a launch game? 
Well, they don't have any. Yeah, but why? Why is why have why have they spent their entire life of the Xbox um, Xbox X One? Fuck me, I hate the naming so much. The <laughs> Xbox One buying every Xbox console under one, the sun, like, literally monopolising, and then not using those people to release any games. It's so bizarre to me. Yeah, it's, it is strange, and I think what they wanted to do instead is focus more on goodwill and policy. And that's something that worked out really well for PS4 um, when that... We all remember what Xbox One versus PS4 was like when it first was being announced and spoken about. I mean, there was that great video from Sony where this is how you share your games. Here you go. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they wanted to do a bit of that, and Microsoft needed that goodwill this time. So coming out with stuff like Game Pass, it does soften the blow that there isn't as many new things because chances are you haven't played like 90 of the over 100 games that you get on Game Pass anyway, so everything's going to be sort of new and running really nicely. And that's that's kind of what they're they're going for. So yeah. when I say like Microsoft is going for like a bit of a Netflix of games, I see it as that for this generation. It's Netflix versus cinema. So PlayStation Five is cinema, so you get less content overall. But when it when you get that good stuff, it really lands and it's an event. Whereas Netflix, it's just constantly churning out stuff. Sure, it's going to be a bit mm, yeah. It's not the kind of thing you'd pay $60 for, but at the end of the day, you're getting content on a regular basis. You're getting... That, don't get me wrong. I, I, see the, I do see the future of this whole Netflixy thing, um, but it's always been... Like, like, currently, and I think it's going to be this way for a good amount of time, um, I, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I'm reading reports of certain games looking better on the PlayStation 4 than they are on the Xbox Series X and don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not fanboying out. I would, I am 100% a person that would buy both consoles at launch. And the only reason I didn't is because uh, I would have an Xbox Series X sitting there, and I literally have nothing to play on it. And that's the only reason. If they generally had, any, they bought a new Ori game or something like that for it, I'd buy it day one just because I have something to play on that system. I'm yeah. still finding that issue with the Xbox One. It's like a rare replay player, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and what is rare? It's, it's a fucking remake. It's, it's, yeah, it's exactly. a remaster. Essentially, it's a, it's a good remaster, very, very good remaster. But it's like I look at my shelf, and the only exclusive game I've got for my Xbox um, uh, One is um, a Kinect game, Fantasia, because I was going to do it for a video once. I was like, this is a bit shit. No, As I um, <laughs> pointed out in my content, it almost feels like the likes of Sony and Microsoft with their consoles. It feels like more of a battle between the likes of companies like Nike and Reebok, and people are buying the consoles as a fashion statement rather than to play specific games. You're not playing with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's <our pet. laughs> What's that, sorry? It's our pet. quick question. Yes. <laughs> if Sony are cinema and Microsoft are um, Netflix, <laughs> then what are Nintendo, a Sony watch? Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> 90s Nickelodeon or the crap stuff they get now. I, I, I would argue at Nickelodeon. <laughs> I, I'd argue I'd argue with Sony Watchmen because you know, hey, you can keep it in your pocket and you can, uh, you know, watch broadcast TV. That's fine. I mean, I I, I just look at um, 
I, I you know, I, when I, I'm doing a video at the moment, I'm doing a kick scammer video all about uh, uh, Xboxes, uh, Xbox kick scammers, basically. And obviously, I'm using a lot of Xbox um, music from like loads of Xbox exclusive games. And I go back to the original OG Xbox, and I'm seeing things like Crimson Sky, uh, Crimson Sky, sorry, Crimson. What's it? That that, that area Crimson Sky. I think it's called the. Yeah, Fusion yeah, Frenzy one, yeah. and that um, that that ninja game, Monkey Kung Fu Ninja, uh, that Kung Fu Chaos game. There, there, there wasn't Kung a Chaos, lot, yeah. but there were some really really quality uh, games. And then it went over to the 360. There was there was not as many, but there were still some really good ones there. And then it just as every generation goes on, there's less reasons to go back and look at one of those consoles. Um, and that's the one thing I'm really struggling with, like. When people say, "Yeah, but you can play all the old Xbox games," I'm like, "But what old Xbox games are you talking about?" <laughs> there was about twenty for the original Xbox, and there was like less for the Xbox 360, and that system was out for like a decade almost, uh, well more than, but like relevant for about a decade. And it's just like, come on, get some fucking games out. Stop buying studios and get them to make some games. Like it, it, it just blows my mind. I don't even understand why third-party studios haven't come along and made like I don't know something like something to the quality of knack you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be incredible but, but because it would be the only xbox exclusive surely every fucker would go out there and buy it it's the reason i bought sackboy i'm not that bothered about buying it but because it's one of the only exclusives that looks like my sort of game i bought it anyway um it's it time to shine it didn't really work for re recall though did it <laughs> that's exactly what that game was and it was it just didn't work i when it comes to exclusives, I think they are on the way. I mean, they've got Bethesda now, and I know that yeah. name doesn't carry as much weight as they did, as it did. But when you think that includes the likes of Skyrim and Fallout, those are some big feathers in your cap. Oh yeah, um, it's, it, it's, it's huge feathers in your them. cap. Like I can't agree more. Like that, that, they have some of the, they are like the ultimate powerhouse. They are the they 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 have the ability to make the greatest current gen games going without a doubt and no one will be able to touch them but they're just not releasing any is it like have they got 50 Duke Nukem Forevers under their belt which are like just make it better just make it better just make it better because they're not releasing any I want to see some fucking games from all of these incredible maybe, studios you've got uh, maybe just, from maybe for a change Bethesda are trying to actually fix all the bugs first <laughs> that can happen. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. You're talking about the guys who are now owned by the guys who uh, released Crackdown 3 in the state that it did. That game took about seven years to like, actually come out, and it was rubbish. So um, I, I don't have much hope for Bethesda fixing any bugs anytime soon. <laughs> I think we'll still be on the same engine in 10 years' time, let alone that. Yeah. Yeah. Fallout 76 is the greatest game ever made, and all you guys know it. It's a fantastic <laughs> game, and you all know it. Now stop. Everybody knows this. Come it, on, gentlemen. It's, um, I know, I, I, I was so worried when I wrote down, like, let's talk about the PlayStation 5 that it would just turn into me kicking off about the Xbox. I just don't understand. <laughs> it. I don't understand. <laughs> I, 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 you can't mention one without the other. Uh, yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, and. I'm gonna get an Xbox Series X soon enough, especially if I can get it on a phone contract, like you say there, top out. But um, I just pfft. okay, like I'll be me, I just want to know what happened to the uh, Fallout's five through seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got nuked with the rest of the series. I think everything just eventually got nuked. I mean, that's just a running theme with this uh, franchise right now. Uh, After seventy-four of the bugs. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that. 
Bob Sesda. I mean, that's what they are. <laughs> you know, I, I feel bad for them because, you know, they did have some really stellar titles and you went, what went wrong? I'm sure that's a whole separate video Dan could make one day. Like, what exactly happened for this complete meltdown with the studio? But we'll see what Xbox does to them. We'll see what Microsoft uh, actually does here. But um, It's probably going to be like Rare, where they'll just do nothing. <laughs> so they'll be, you know, mm-hmm. basically be, incorporated, like, shut down, and... That'll be the end of their existence. Uh, a lot of these, uh, the thing between uh, you know Xbox and PlayStation Five, I think there's a huge generational uh, difference as well as how uh, consumers w- wish to buy their products. Like a lot of PC gamers don't mind Steam; they love it, they embrace it. Uh, there's no physical copies here. Everybody wants to download, put it on there. Mm-hmm. So you might not need a system seller for, let's say, your you know for your Xbox install base here. They're looking for that Steam experience on a console. I guess would be the counter argument to that. They and, they are, but I still look at their certain games that, I mean, you've got the, the playing better. Obviously, RTS games, I'm always going to want to play those on a, on a on a PC. But there are technically more exclusive games on a PC than anything ever, and ever will oh, be, sure, at least. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I, I mean, I bought, uh, I mean, actually, no, this isn't exclusive. At the time, it was. But the reason I bought a VR headset was because I could play uh, Beat Saber, which at the time wasn't exclusive. Um, but I mean, there's a million other examples like that. Uh, I think as, uh, for me personally, as a retro gamer, I, again, tactile, I want to own uh, the physical copy of everything that I, I buy. If I, I can, think that yeah. it's right. It, the generations that come after, uh, people like me are, are not as married to that as, as I am. So I think that's also a big driver uh, in the market because your average, you know, purchaser of these systems is going to be between you know, 25, you know, to, you know, the 40 years old and the people who are in that bracket to spend four or $500 at launch day to get these systems, you know, you're, you're going to see, you know, how that money ships and, and where the sales are going right now, both systems are selling out because they're brand new, but we'll see what happens in the long haul. Yeah. Will the streaming, will the streaming, uh, will the streaming, uh, individual, like, uh, uh obviously Sony has their streaming box and, uh, Microsoft has theirs. Um, will they outperform the optical drive? I say eventually in the end, probably because that's where we're headed. But we have about you know an eight-year window to see how this gap gets closed. But I think some of this is generational as well. It's uh, it comes down to uh, you know we are just so adapted into this streaming empire, and I, I think that's where we're we're headed eventually. But again, I I understand what you're saying, Dan. I'm a tactile guy too. I want my games. I want my exclusives because <laughs> I I want. You know, what made the consoles and what made Sony Sony, what made Nintendo Nintendo, what made Microsoft what they were, was their exclusive content. Yeah, And yeah. all that's all that's kind of getting lost now. Like, everything's cross-platform, and, you know, it, it kind of gets boring. The console wars was a lot of fun. We all enjoyed them. Uh, but, you know, kind of, if everything's on, you know, the same, you know, on different platforms, it's the same game on all oh, the don't platforms. Me I mean, I've, I've always been in... I, I obviously love the old console war days. I'm reminiscing back when I was, you know, Sega versus Nintendo and stuff. But I haven't really been in a proper console war since about the PlayStation One ish. I mean, I had a PlayStation One. I had a Saturn quite late on, but then I started collecting for the Saturn early on in the PlayStation Two's life, and then obviously I was buying other systems as the GameCube and everything else. So I mean, I've always been for every every system in that regard. Um, but I mean, I normally just buy all the systems so I have a chance to get all of the games. And I always oh, tend yeah. to find that the best games um, are normally 
the, the Nintendo made games that are for Nintendo systems or the PlayStation games mm-hmm. are for play. You know, Uncharted on the PlayStation Four was one of the greatest games I've ever played, and uh, and the same goes for like Pikmin on the Nintendo on the, on a Nintendo console. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna pay the best part of five hundred pounds so that the shadows look ever so slightly better on whatever the latest Ubisoft <laughs> open world game is. Just so I can yeah. play them on the X- Xbox Series X. I generally want to see some proper games for that system, like, and I don't see a reason to ever get it. You know, but, but you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm going to eat my own words because the best game I played in of the last generation was actually Ori, and that was a Microsoft game. If you want to call it an Xbox exclusive, I mean, it wasn't. It was on PC, but technically a Microsoft game. It's on Switch as well, isn't it? I mean, it's on the fucking Nintendo now as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuphead and shit like that, yeah. My God, I say shit like that because that, that game is actually fantastic. I mean that in a good way, but yeah. It's oh. like a, the way I've been uh, describing it lately is... um. I call it the death of death, uh, death of the weekly movie. Where like back in the day, when you're a kid, you'd go to the video store, you'd have your choice out of maybe two or three, maybe a new release and two or three cheap weekly movies. You had to make your choice, pick them out. You'd go home, uh, even if they were crap, you'd gain an attachment to it. And like similar when you're a kid and you had access to maybe a couple of games on your birthday and a couple through the year, you gained this appreciation for it that the next generation isn't going to have because everything is available like at your fingertips. You can just choose whatever you want so you don't, probably won't get that same level of nostalgia for like physical or even bad things. I mean, speaking for myself, I'm 35 and I don't miss those days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> I, I like discovery. I like making mistakes as much as, much as I like making good choices, you know, and that that's, goes double for gaming. Um, at the end of the day, physical media has been there. Um, I like being able to look at a shelf and go through a library of games, and it, it feels like things have got a, bit, got a bit more personality. And I really do like the ability to resell when I'm done because you know sometimes you do make a profit, so it is handy. I, I hardly ever like. I don't think I've ever sold a Switch game. I'm going to. I've got one on my shelf. I need to sell, um, but. Uh, just because I will literally never play that game, it was sent to me, and I'm like, I- I'm never going to play this. It was like a, it's like a visual novel type thing. I'm just, I, it's not me, <laughs> you know. Game so, it. But um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't ever see myself um doing that. But I, this is where the Netflix thing will work because, for instance, I bought Pikmin Free on the Wii U, and I absolutely that was generally one of my favorite games of that generation. I completely adore that game and i've been waiting baiting breath for it to come out on the nintendo switch and now it has i'm like you know what i fancy playing through that game again so i've spent 60 quid to play through it again even though i could play through it again right now on a console with a better controller <laughs> <You know? laughs> um but it, it that, that's where the netflix thing would work you know like you know do, do you really need to buy the new star wars again because the cgi is done a bit better you know just watch it on netflix now you know it's, it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But uh, that'll destroy. Like, imagine the, the sales they wouldn't make from Skyrim if they couldn't release it twenty times in the next generations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, they'd have to catch up to Resident Evil Four first. I know people use Skyrim as the barometer, <laughs> but you know they're going up against Capcom, the guys behind Resi Four and Street Fighter Two. They they got a way to go before they. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I do miss in regards to 
go into a shop and seeing physical stuff. I see it more with things like music because I saw um, Electron Ash in the chat was talking about music CDs. I genuinely used to go, and it, it, this might boggle people's mind now, but I used to go to like HMV, get the bus to go to HMV, and then I would spend like over an hour looking at CDs, and I would come out buying two or three, normally one or two of them. I don't know what they are. I bought it based on my hardcore looking at the, the the cover and what it kind of looks like and all that sort of because I was just so into like the physicality of it and I definitely lost that um when you know like streaming music on like things like uh Spotify or whatever else um but what I will say is um <laughs> shout out to all the people that are listening on Spotify I'm about to slag that off <laughs> but uh on YouTube music uh which I, I I get because I I pay for YouTube premium um it generally does have a really good discovery page and that's also also that's sort of taken me back and it's the first time since those days where I would go to a shop and I would just browse for hours of music CDs and vinyls that I'm starting to get that same sort of vibe again of looking through new music because the discovery is so good on that uh, platform. Um, um, I think, yeah, like I said, it's the first time in a really long time that I can... It takes me back to that time where I'm actually... I, I can see digital working in that sense. Do you know, I don't even... Do, do CDs even work on PlayStation 5s? They didn't on PlayStation 4s. What, really? I don't think I've ever... Music CDs, I don't think, worked on PlayStation 4s. I think I did no, hear they, they don't work on, on PS5, so I don't think. Wow, I, di I didn't even know that. Wow, like a $500 paperweight. It's <laughs> proper <laughs> being they heavy. Have, they don't want to pay for the... Tetris single. <laughs> Sony does not want to pay for, for the rights to actually uh, have the CD technology to play actual uh, audio CDs. Do you That's think it is that? I mean, how That's much does that cost? And it, and it's Sony as well. I mean, they've got that already. It, That's it, why um. That's why the original Sony. Xbox came out with a remote with a little plug because that had the codec that you had to buy separately. Mm -hmm. Here's a weird one as well. I bought a new car recently and it didn't come with a CD player in it, just the radio. How dare they? <laughs> I don't think. Does ours? Oh no, ours has got a CD changer in, in it actually, and it's had the same five CDs. My entire my daughter's entire life, and she's free now. Some of those CDs have literally been in there <laughs> longer than she's been alive. Shows you how often we change it. So I mean, what can I? I can't kick off about digital media. <laughs> you know, like, bring me that physical. <laughs> bring me back physical, so I can put it on my shelf. You know, the thing about the licensing fees, for what it's worth, is that it's not a boilerplate license. Sony can't just say, "Hey, you know, give us a license to." the CD technology or DVD technology and let us make however many consoles we want. Inevitably, there is a per-device fee that Sony ends up having to kick back to the licensing group. Mm -hmm. okay. So, I mean, granted, it's probably not much given the amount of money that they stand to make over the console's lifetime. However... Well, the lately, fact that most people in this chat didn't know that it, the PlayStation 4 couldn't play CDs shows the <laughs> pointless, right. absolute not necessity of even having it. It's really weird. Maybe, bro, the plan is in the future to um, release CD add-ons for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, yeah. The PS1 module for the PS5. There you go. That sounds like a lucrative marketing strategy. Ah. Also, <laughs> the nostalgia also, edition PS5? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all seriousness, though, I mean, the thing is that, A, again, given how relatively rare people actually want to do those things nowadays, and B, the fact that for the past several generations of consoles, 
the consoles have effectively been released for less than what it costs to actually make the console, you know, they are a lost leader. They make it up on licensing games. And as a result, it makes sense to just strip out as much extraneous stuff from the per unit cost as possible. Mm-hmm. There we go. So anyway, PlayStation 5, I'm loving it. Uh, I really like the system. And any any fun thoughts on the PlayStation 5? We went around the world and back with this one. Though. One day. Yeah, it's all right. I, I, uh, I'm not planning on picking one out for a couple of years, so I did look up the spoiler for that Astrobot game with the last boss. Oh, okay. That is incredible. Like, Wow. <laughs> Please, people, do not look it up because if yeah, you don't look it up, I suppose that like, is awesome. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of like PlayStation, like from I, I've had every single system throughout its life, one, two, three, four, and then obviously this one. So it's quite nice to, and, and I've never been sold to better. Like I know they're fully selling me because one thing I'll tell you about the game, it's not a spoiler, but there's a PlayStation One world, a two world, a three world, a four world, um, and basically the things that you collect in the game. So it's a bit like a, a sort of a. Uh, um, oh, actually, Banjo and Kazooie collectathon in that sense. The things that you collect are the attachments to each system. So, like, you can pick up the eye toy, and you can pick up the um, uh, the 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 is like you can get like PSP and PS Vita stuff around there as well. And then there's like the the tracking system for the PSP. Remember when that was a thing? You know, like really stupid stuff, like the gun for the PlayStation Four and all this other stuff. And then at the end, I saw the all the things that you can pick up for the PlayStation Five. And as I'm picking it up, like it's the only level where you don't have to look for them. They're all in front of you. And I'm like, this is just like an Argos catalogue at this point. And so like, I'm literally <laughs> picking up the... Uh, oh, so this is the PlayStation 5 remote control. Oh, and this is the PlayStation 5 camera. This is the DualSense 3 controller. And, you know, and I'm like, it's literally selling to me all these things. And uh, the, 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 the special 3D headphones. I'm just like, I've never... It's so blatantly obvious what they're doing to try and sell to me. And I'm loving it <laughs> just keep doing it because i thought it was fucking brilliant so many people would have missed out on that stuff too so they're playing this game with like look at this nice headset and it's like oh yes that would be nice yeah it, I, I thought that as well i even thought like those headsets would be quite that headphones would be quite nice no the, don't do it like the, they, got, they got the psp gps um like sensor in in the game which i was like uh, yeah, that's that's going a bit far. I don't think he needed that. Oh yeah, you got pocket stations in there, like Whoa, yes. Really obscure stuff. Like they've really gone full pelt. Uh, and even down to the fact that one one you know, like things like you can find the PS one and the PlayStation one and the, the screen that goes on the PS one. Like so many little things like that. <laughs> and then they just put them in this big room called PlayStation Labo. And I was like, hang on a minute, what? Um <laughs> So they put it in this big room called PlayStation Labo, and then you as the character can just jump all over the systems and make the make it eject, and you know you can punch the the uh, the CDs and make them flip around. And you can find the memory cards, and it's it's a love letter, and at the same time, like the biggest obvious selling, trying to heavily sell to me thing. It's it's nuts. It's nuts. Which is so, quite funny because you've already bought the console at that point, so I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just trying to jump off anything i can to jump up to where the on button is on the playstation 3 so i could flip and punch it and it does actually turn it on like, this is ridiculous but anyway it's, it's a very 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 cool game it's so good in fact that i think the other 3d platformers that came around it things like astro are just really a bit boring um it was free too wasn't it like yeah, it's a little free game yeah uh, one last thing i will say about playstation 5 before we move on is how terribly bad uh, the amount of storage is on that system 
Yes. It's, <laughs> my hard drive is full. Yeah, it's awful. Like, I've never, ever turned on a system. I remember when I turned on the Dreamcast and getting annoyed that I had to put the date in because it was, I just want to play the game. Like, it took me about 25, 30 minutes before I, put any, before I was playing anything on the PlayStation 5. Halfway through the startup, which I might as well say the installation, it says, have you got any games to put on the PlayStation 5? So I like chuck in like Spider-Man or whatever it was. It's like, we'll, we'll install it whilst we continue with the setup. I'm like, this is a fucking console. What is going on? <laughs> it took like 25 minutes or so before I was playing anything. I was like sending pictures to my friends and it was like, and then I got it on the day after the launch. I got it on the second day, but you have to do updates. I'm like, this is fucking insane. But anyway, anyway, enough about the PlayStation 5. I'm very happy about it, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. <laughs> just fucking play some games <laughs> so from uh, Sony uh, to Nintendo let's talk about Mario or to be specific <laughs> uh, March 31st 2021 which some people are calling the death of Mario because Super Mario 3D All-Stars, a game I bought physically, which is what free games is on there. Super Mario 64, Sunshine and Galaxy is no longer going to be available uh, physically or digitally. So that's a first party game that they've just taken off the shelf. They've done a limited run on their own game. Um, that's going to be no longer available on March uh, 31st. Also, Super Mario Bros. 35, which is the game you can see playing on here, which is basically um, Battle Royale, the original Mario. That's no longer going to be available. They've limited run that digitally. Um, Super Mario Game & Watch, which is the, another little mini console, I suppose, but it only plays like one or two games. I think it plays the original Mario, it plays Lost Levels and a, a version of a Game & Watch game. That's no longer going to be available from March 31st. And then also Super Mario Maker is having all of its online services, uh, or the majority of its online services, shut down on March the 31st. What is happening? Why Why is Mar so much Mario disappearing on that day? Has anybody got any theories on this one? They, uh, they sorted him out. The world's ending. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, Topper, what was you saying? They're bastards, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's what they're saying. <laughs> Why would you limited run your own system? I mean, I, I've got... Sort of theories on it. Uh, Grizzly, well, they're trying, trying to create false scarcity, aren't they? Yeah, there's a bit of that. And then I also think it's because they're going to be gearing up for the Zelda 35th anniversary straight afterwards. They want to keep oh, yeah. focus on one series at a given time. And then mm -hmm. after a while, they'll probably re-release Mario 35 and Zelda 35 on a uh, on a separate cartridge. They're, you know, the Nintendo, they, they do this kind of stuff all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if they've got like a long-term plan for it. It's, it's, it's insane. Like how different it is to the way Microsoft do their model. And then, you know, like with steam, like you can, the, the good thing, the amazing thing about steam is <clears throat> that library that I've been building up is like three or four PCs old by this point And all of the games still play. So it's really good in that sense, where Microsoft go down the Disney model, don't they? Where well, Not so much nowadays, but the, the old Disney model, where it was, um, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the Disney vault. You know, like everyone's, oh my God, I can't wait for Sunshine to come out. I can't wait for Sunshine to come out. Forgetting the fact that the Sunshine is actually quite a bad game. Um, they're just so desperate to get it because it was taken away from them for such a long time and put in the Disney vault or the Nintendo vault in this, in this case. Um, and yeah, that seems to be the route they're going down. And I think, like you say, you've got the, 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 the Zelda 35 anniversary thing. But I do think they're going to start releasing these games 
as one-off digital downloads rather than a, uh, rather than as a collection, and then that's their way of earning more money. Sadly, maybe they will just release that day um, an updated version of uh, Mario 3D All Stars and add the games that should have been in it in the first place <laughs> for an extra hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. See that there's a the, I can the, see them releasing them separately. Yeah. The bad thing about it is, and this is something they could do. I don't think they would do it like the day after or something like that. But what they could do is because technically, the, the really bad thing about 3D All Stars is it's a full price game, like genuinely 50, 60 quid game, um, for free ports. They're not they're, they're they're bare bones remasters. There's a little bit there, you know. They're not exact ports. They've 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 cleaned them up a little bit, but not to the point where. I think they did less to that than than Sega did with Shenmue when they when they ported that over. You know, um, these aren't like new HD textured up original Super Mario sixty four things. So what they could be doing with this is obviously removing those, gearing up for an HD version of, as in like a, not an HD like a full on remastered version of something like Sunshine and um, uh, Galaxy and what have you. Um, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Personally. I suspect. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's it. I pretty much suspect. I, uh, uh, for whatever Spl- reason, I, I can't words over here. Suspect. <laughs> yes, exactly. You to say. Yes, I suspect that there are several things at play here, uh, namely the fact that Super Mario Brothers thirty five and the Game and Watch system, as well as Grizzly pointed out, were released to mark the thirty fifth anniversary of the Mario series. Mm-hmm. And to that end, it kind of makes sense to have a limited run to mark the anniversary of something i mean you don't just keep like you know at at the time that it was released uh next year then that'll be the 36th anniversary and then the whole idea just completely falls apart beyond that the super mario 3d all-stars thing yeah i strongly suspect that they're probably gearing up to do a proper remaster of at least some of them or possibly adding more games and doing a re-release with just even more stuff there. Mm-hmm. The main thing, though, is with Super Mario Maker, I hate the fact that it's that these online service is going away. But no, I understand. But I understand it because it's only the, the we, first one, isn't it? Sorry, it's only the first one, isn't it? Not the yes, second. exactly. It's first of all, it's just the first one, which was just available on the Wii U, is if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, that's right. And. As much as people have fond memories of the Wii U, and so do I, I still fire mine up from time to time, the fact of the matter is is it is Nintendo's worst-selling console in recent memory. And so those kinds of servers take money to run day after day, and they take personnel time to keep them going. And it could very well be that personnel attrition being what it is in the game industry, they may be facing a dwindling number of people who can even keep the servers still going. So there are multiple factors at play there, and I completely, as much as it pains me to say, I do agree with the decision to pull the plug on that. Mm. I I wonder if this... I'm sorry, go ahead. uh, How much money does it really take for them to keep those servers on? I, I mean... When it gets to anything a point, they can, anything they can save will be what they can save. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but there would there, there, there is always a, a better option in the sense of giving it to the fans take over or something along the lines. I'm sure it's more of a fact of 
Nintendo being Nintendo in the sense that they want to just uh, uh, keep hold of everything themselves and, and, and market whatever the next thing is. And it's hard to it's hard to continuously promote um, uh, Super Mario Maker 2 when you've got another one that's obviously a lot cheaper and not really much different um, out there. I, I think that's what it is. It's like we're not really going to be able to continue selling Super Mario 64 if we've already got Super Mario 64 available physically and you can get that dirt cheap. Uh, we might Actually, what am I saying, dirt cheap? Nintendo prices do not go down. <laughs> <laughs> There's weird, really weird resale values on Nintendo games. Nintendo tax. Yeah, it's so I bizarre. Have, but um, I, go on, go ahead. I, I do have to point out here, when has a game's online service ever gone down and then been turned over to the community to run though that's just something that does not happen except for some very very rare cases it just yeah it just doesn't happen mm, i i know i just feel like when it's a game like that which is so heavily focused on on the online community and the sharing community i, I just feel like they, they, they something better could have been done because now there's so little that you can do in that game and it's not like pc where people can take over and create their own servers for it or whatever else like it's it's close to a coaster now well it like reminds me of a back when halo 2 had the online servers they had bungie said they were going to take them down to move it over to halo 3 and there was a group of guys who decided to protest by staying on the servers for months and months on end where something along the lines that they couldn't turn them off if there's players on there right so eventually eventually bungie just said to them look do you want to play halo 3 early get off and they all got the hell off of there and started playing Halo 3. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, yeah, so anyway, it's March 31st. All of those things gone. I, I understand the reason why you would, you know, the game and watch thing, you know, it's a little mini exclusive, that thing that only lasts a short amount of time. But there's a lot going down on that day. And I do think we're we're gearing up to, 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 to Nintendo. I say doing something new, but in actual fact, I think they're going to be doing the same thing. I think they're going to be re-releasing <laughs> them again. Um, and it's hard to re-release something again when something's already out. Um it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was wondering how much the uh, PlayStation, uh, oh, I'm sorry, PlayStation, uh, uh, the Switch Pro has to do with this. Um, they were speculating that first quarter, maybe second quarter of next year, we're getting um, the the Pro uh, edition of the console. And I'm so. wondering, I'm wondering um, if we're going to be looking at a 3DS type of situation where certain games can't be played. Um, on your your switch uh, but can only be played played on the pro system i wonder if that has anything to do with what's currently going on with the mario situation um God, I hope I not, that's that's screwed them over so many times before no I, there's, there's no way that they would split the fan base just on a mario on a mario title they'll do it on stuff like xenoblade chronicles for sure like they did with the new 3ds xl but you're talking about two games out of a fa- over fa- uh, 100 that yeah, but played. well, I w- this is um, kind of piggybacking off of the Zelda idea, because if you're going to re-release, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, let's say, um, you could have a Phantom drop right around that time. Again, it's all speculation, but a lot of things are, are looking like Breath of the Wild 2 is gaining a lot of steam right now. We know that Metroid is a, a little bit off, but that anniversary is coming up, too, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. if both of those anniversaries are coming up and you're already talking about a switch pro with a with you know a better screen you know the lighting's better battery's better um that again i, I don't know i just got a weird feeling that that signs are kind of pointing in that direction that yeah we, we could possibly possibly see a like a new 3ds type situation mm-hmm. w- w- with the switch you know um so i wouldn't put it past nintendo they've done this before 
and um, they're going to, to make as much money as humanly possible. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's no doubt about this at all. So uh, I think that might have something to do with it. But again, time will tell. No other company can do it the way they do it. It's, it's nuts. The way, like, um, I, I'm sure the Master Chief Collection was, wasn't, I wouldn't say budget, but it wasn't full price. Um, you know, Jack and Dexter Collection, uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid, all for the PlayStation, all of these collections are normally like 25, 30 pounds. And then Nintendo dropped like 60 for an incomplete 3D All Stars and people fucking lose their mind over it. It's just, it, how they've managed to, to to do what they do, like they're fucking geniuses. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite parts is like how uh, you've got these other two companies, Microsoft and Sony, being like, "We'll bring out as many consoles as we can. We're trying to make as many as possible, trying to sell as much as we can." Then we've got Nintendo here being like, "You want to buy stuff? If it's if it's March, you can't get screwed." Like. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's what's happening on uh, March 31st. Who knows why, uh, but you know there's bigger plans, uh, or repeated plans. April Fool's is the next day, I just realised. <laughs> We're not really re-releasing it. <laughs> oh, getting rid of them. Um, on the, yeah. oh, can I make a quick comment on the, the uh, potential Switch Pro, though? Yeah. I just hope that they fix the Joy-Con drift oh my problem. Because, yeah. my, because I pretty much stopped playing my Switch due to Joy-Con drift. And if they do come out with a Switch Pro, it'll probably be only slightly more expensive than a new pair of Joy-Cons. I can see it now. Buy our Switch Pro. This one works. <laughs> I, I never had issues until my son played it. And he, he looks after um, the, the, the Switch. Like, he didn't bash it around or anything. But obviously, he was a bit more, you know, when you turn left in a driving game when you're five years old, your whole body flies that way as well. Like, you're really pushing it. And now... Whenever I'm playing Pikmin, all my Pikmin run up like all the fucking time. It's like I had to replace my Joy Cons, and um, I heard the rumor that um, the Joy Cons actually give way the less you play your Switch because it's dust. What does it? Oh really? <laughs> oh Joy, one screwed then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my actual console's got like a curve to it. Like I'm looking at it right now. What? Well, is... Oh right, it's I see like what you mean. Right, okay. That's the switch bend. You got overheating edition one. I need um Yeah, I got like launch launch. <laughs> Foldable I, technology, it's the rave. Yeah, I I I will definitely <laughs> buy a pro uh, if and when it happens. I, I I mean, who knows? You never know with Nintendo, but I really hope it does happen because I, I would buy a pro straight up. I've got a huge switch collection. I love that system. But uh yeah. Which brings us on to our final uh topic of conversation and it's probably gonna be quite a quick one but it's uh ending on a good note sega vr the extremely nice. limited uh vr headset that sega put out for the mega drive and uh, obviously arcade units from sega world that sort of thing has been emulated so you can actually experience the sega vr um yourself <laughs> i've used one and it's incredible you used one back in the day or you've used one a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, that recently. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. There's like a group I'm part of that. We do like a retro museums at anime conventions and stuff. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to get migraines doing this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's going to be, isn't it? It's going to be so <laughs> jolty. I really want to see what it's like. Um, I'm surprised I haven't actually put this on my uh, my headset yet. Like, I'm really interested to see what's going on with this. Be clear. <laughs> it's not as bad as a virtual boy, though. It's got to be better than the Stuntmaster from Vector Max for uh, for all those uh, 
everybody who had the VR headset back in the day for the master uh, <laughs> system. Remember the Vector Max guys? Uh, put, all they do was two big L- LCD screens that you basically plastered to your face, and it burned out your retinas. It was a fantastic piece of machinery. Came out <laughs> Sounds in like 19, 1993 for uh, $220. You got to <laughs> You got to put a, a little stick on your shirt to prop up the headset. It was an absolute nightmare. And um, uh, it was novel for, you know, maybe about 37 seconds. And then you just wanted to chuck it across the room. I'm sure that this is going to be much better than that. But um, if you guys have never seen the Stuntmaster in action, you got to take a look at this thing. It is it is absolutely interesting. So, but For my no, money? Uh, oh, go, sorry. Oh, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's pretty much it. I, the, the, um, I was just reading about it, and I was like, it just reminded me of the Vector Max uh, uh, from, uh, or the Stunmaster. It sounded a lot like that, and I was just started getting the chills just thinking about that. Just it's a little like lawnmower, man. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's crazy. So a fact and a joke. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for my money, the best VR headset ever will always be the Tiger R zone. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, besides V Master. What's the fact? <laughs> oh no, no, no. That, was, <laughs> that, that was the fact. This this is the joke, totally, I assure you. Uh no, but um the VR headset, to, to my knowledge, the VR headset that Sega used in arcades was a bit different from the VR headset used for the Sega VR uh console thing that was recently uncovered. Right. Uh, the the arcade games were a stent. The VR games, I believe, were were largely based off of the same Model One board that ran like Virtua Fighter and Virtua Racing, Star Wars Arcade, and Wing War. Those were the four that came out on standard Model One, and then they used a variant of that board for their uh, VR games, if if I'm recalling correctly. But I believe the headset that they used in the arcades was a bit more capable than the one that was targeted at consumers with the potential Mega Drive game. Look at that shirt. <laughs> it's very, it's like very, very 90s, isn't it? This whole thing. Yeah. It's so amazing. I was expecting like, And they get like an old dude to come up and play on it as well. Like He's got, he's got an It's like the budget version of the mom. wizard. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interject with that. That was that. I, that was quite rude. I'm just amazed. I'm look. I'm watching this footage, and I just can't believe that they preempted the new look RoboCop all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. Terrible film. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. I, I. I. You know, it's just amazing. You know that like, I bet that thing had like 15 frames per second, like full motion slideshows and all of that Partial I, I'm, I'm, I am genuinely curious about the history of VR it's it's one of those like really long running slippery slopes that has only just started to become a reality and uh, I mean look at that thing I mean it's got the same form factor of an Oculus Quest all those years ago and there was absolutely no way it could do what the Oculus Quest or <laughs> other headsets are doing now. It's fascinating, really. I think it's going to be one of those things that comes into fashion and they try again like once every 20, 25 years. A bit like 3D. We had 3D in the 1950s, the 1980s, and around 2010. Do you think we're on mm-hmm. a little bit of a decline then of the uh, the VR craze? 
I'd say so, but it's never really picked up, has it? Not not as as much as it was hyped a few years ago. The well, thing, like, the I, thing I, with I, it is, I didn't hear very much experience, isn't it? You want it to be like uh, uh, go down my exclusives route, but I want like proper full length gaming experiences. Um, I don't want just like mini experiences. Um, Resident Evil was a fantastic example of a full length proper yeah. VR experience but there's very few examples like that I suppose you've got like, um, the Half-Life Alex thing I've not played that myself yet but um, apparently maybe that's incredible maybe Nintendo will make the Virtual Boy 2 yes <laughs> <please>. <laughs> something tells me they won't do that <laughs> I mean no, Nintendo like a... actually has like the best position to enter the VR yeah, market I, I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they've got a console which you can literally put into a VR shaped thing and get you know get like oculus go quality visuals and that'll be enough for most nintendo fans to fans to get like started on vr and they have a great vr experience ready and waiting they've got that mario kart vr Mm -hmm. i'm sure that would do really well if they just released a headset with a bloody strap on it and not that cardboard (laughs) fiasco that was labo labo you know I reckon they could do that, and I reckon that would be a good selling feature of a Switch Pro if such a thing ever does end up existing. But just get the Nintendo Switch a little pair of legs to stand on. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, they, they did the Labo, didn't tell. they? Like you say, that um, had the VR thing, but that was just like, absolutely panned. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah it, was, it was half-assed, and I reckon they could easily do it. I mean, the same chip that's running the Switch, um, I believe it's the Tegra X One. Um, you're not far off the same kind of uh, processor that's in the Oculus Quest. It can be done, and they just need to apply themselves. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool with the um, remote control Mario Kart, like if you had a VR headset. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be Chunda Central, but I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nintendo Nintendo's one of the only companies that can charge you $99 for cardboard and people will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And build oh, half of it. Can you imagine the look on scalpers' faces when they bought like like five hundred of those things? And wow, that didn't do quite didn't do as well as the uh, the switch did, did it? <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I um I, I I bought my Labo robot thing. I've never even used it. I literally bought it for my son to play, um, and I bought it second hand, which wasn't the greatest idea because you had to take the whole thing apart and obviously it had all its creases in and a couple of tears and then you had to rebuild it again so it was even more creased and teared by that point so it's something <laughs> you can literally only really do once um, just order a couple of dominoes you would have been fine with those boxes <laughs> yeah uh, someone is actually selling it on um, Splock near me selling me, uh, trying to get me to buy it off them for £22 for the original Labo set and I'm like you know I am tempted but it's just literally going to go up on my bookshelf next to the other one behind all the books where you can't see it anymore could you not do a ridiculous stream with it? I, yeah, I might do. Maybe. It's an idea, isn't it? You can do a complete history of Labo right now. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a short video, man. I, ne- I never forget. I-, I wish I recorded my reaction when I first saw that Labo, that original Labo trailer. It was just like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, it's so weird. And I- you see him fold like, I two remember the room was either... Go on. I was going to say the rumor, I remember that night that they announced it was either Switch Pro or VR. And everyone I know was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really weird. It's just like... 
Yeah. I... You're selling me hamster bedding, Nintendo. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be $99, sir. Now have a good day. Which Fine. one of you... Uh, which one of you was it who said that you... Uh, which one of you was it who said that you wanted to know more about the history of VR? Because that would be me. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to dig into the really old stuff, then look no further than the Sensomatic from 1962. That sounds like oh. it could be on a certain website, which I can't mention on YouTube for uh, <laughs> reasons. Sensomatic. Sorry, the Sensorama. Oh, oh, even, even better. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a Rama. I love, I love anything with Rama at the end of it. Well, you, see it, well, you see, it was a uh, private arcade booth that the uh, user would sit down in and they would watch uh, films. So, no, I'm, I'm making it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making it seem way more unseemly than it is. No, it, it essentially had two dual... Um, film strips, one for each eye, and it also had the ability to play back sounds, well, because it was film, and then it also, for some reason, had the ability to blow air on the user's face, and purportedly, it had odor emitters as well, and emotional chair. Oh, amazing. I tell you what, I played the, um, uh, the hentai games. The, 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 the newest, it's not new now, but like a couple of years old, but the newest House of the Dead game. Uh, in the arcades and when they um you know obviously they do that like weird stumpy thing where they get really close to you and then they lounge at you right at the you know the the, the zombies right at the very last bit um i was doing really well in the game it took a while, a while before a zombie finally leapt forward and actually did get me and that uh arcade system blows air on you and it fully i was like fucking hell like that it like hit me and it does like, i played that one yeah yeah it, like, actually throws, like you know you get those like bazooka uh, puff ball like things. Yeah, yeah, it like, blows air on your face. Like, wow, and it fully the threw me off. Anyone really like the old Disney Park stuff? Disney or, Park or like, cinemas. Yeah, like four yeah, like D. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Dan, you do you remember Prop Cycle from back in the arcades? Uh, yeah, and it had the fan on it. It was, it was like, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, yeah the, I totally the big honking yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Talking about those three D. Um, cinema things they have at theme parks, like you know, you got the really good ones at Disney, like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience back in the day, and like, you know, like all the latest ones. Oh, Captain EO, oh, yes. Um, but then, um, I remember I went to Alton Towers and it was pitiful, it was so fucking bad. I was just like, what the fuck is this? You, they done, they took segments. This is not even even to do with gaming anymore. I just couldn't believe how shit it was. They, um, <laughs> they, they, they played bits of Ice Age. Anything that was like even slightly remotely any kind of action sequence or anything, you know, and they literally had big fuck off fans. Like we're talking the sort of fan that I have in my garage, like when they have in an industrial thing, like big silver spinny fan. They weren't hiding it; it was in front of your face, not nailed down or anything, just on the floor. And then like when different things happen, it's just like, I'm like this is so shit. Was it some dude just? <laughs> someone running in push the button run off they didn't do that but yeah it wasn't far off and then like then uh, the snow falls on top of you and all that was was like bubbles out of a bath but they all got fucked up and they all just like pretty much landed on the shoulder of one guy near the front I was like this is so bad this is so bad but um, yeah there you go nothing to do with anything it's just something there uh, Terminator 4D yeah that's a good one Electron I saw that that was incredible um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, we are fully off topic now. Um, should we end it there? I think we're ending it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
thank you all for listening to Slopes Cast, episode 4, recorded on November 27th, 2020, featuring Richard, the creator of the Top Hat Gaming Man, Grizzly Cryden, Mike Towns, Retro to Next Gen, aka Lou, and the Mog Miner. As always, a huge thanks to everybody in my Discord for providing the stories for this week, and if you want to be in for a chance of being in a future episode, then again, please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. Links to everything mentioned can be found in the show notes or description below, but for right now, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time. <laughs>